0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles.
1: Coming up on NBA Today, Kyrie Irving is rejoining the Nets this week. So how effective can he be as a part-time player and Russell Westbrook, he says he's allowed to miss shots and commit turnovers. So how is he fitting with LeBron and company in Los Angeles? Plus, DeMar DeRozan, he hit back-to-back game winners at the buzzer. Has he changed your view of the Bulls' ceiling? NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, Ramona Shelburne, and Matt Barnes will join me shortly. But first, I want to start by bringing in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, to talk about the news of the day, the return of Kyrie Irving. So, Woj, what can you tell us about Kyrie's return?
2: Uh, Malika, the expectation is that Kyrie Irving will be able to get a workout in tomorrow at the Nets facility before they travel to Indiana for Wednesday's game. And obviously, he'll travel with them. And the expectation is... He'll make his debut on Wednesday against the Pacers. And listen, it comes at a time where the Nets can certainly use a jolt. Their loss to the Clippers on Saturday night, maybe one of the worst losses in the league uh, for a team when you look at a uh, talent disparity, who is available. Uh, and so I think for the uh, for the Nets to be able to get Kyrie Irving back, even on a part-time basis now, is, is a jolt this team needs. And so they play Memphis tonight. He gets on the court one more time tomorrow, and then the expectation is he makes his debut uh, Wednesday against Indiana.
1: Wow. Well, the return is coming. Thank you so much, Adrian Wojnarowski. Really appreciate you stopping by. And with that, I'd like to open it up to our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne, and 14-year NBA veteran, Matt Barnes. Happy New Year, everybody. I feel like we can still say that. You get like five days. That's right. The first week. The first week. I think so. Five days cut off. But, Matt, <laughs> how effective do you think that Kyrie Irving can be as a part-time player?
3: I think he could be very effective. And as Woj mentioned, they definitely need a boost in the arm right now. It's interesting to see how this whole thing has transpired. Will he play? Will he not play? He Now he's able to play road games. To me right now, it's going to be immediate effect on the road. But I think long-term, if they get into these playoff series where you only have him for half a series, that's where they're really going to feel the brunt. But right now, I think they'll take him where he can get him.
4: Absolutely. Remember. I mean, it's really just going to be a question of, he, he is in shape. He's been playing, and I think his game is the type where he can come back and play a lot, but how much can he sustain, right? Can he go play? The, thir- the first game, he'll have so much adrenaline he'll be going, but can he stay in that kind of shape for a couple of games? That's where I actually think being a part-time player will help because the load is not going to be a lot on him. He hasn't played since June, right? in an NBA game. That's a long layoff there. You know, Matt, when you come back from an an injury, it takes a little while to get that sustained conditioning. He hasn't had the ramp up they wanted.
3: And you can't duplicate. I don't care what you're doing, where you're playing, Mm -hmm. practice. You can't duplicate an NBA setting, the tempo, the energy, the lights, the crowd. All that kind of stuff comes into effect when you haven't been playing. So it'll be interesting to see what his wind is like. But as far as him just going out there and performing, I think he's going to be okay.
1: Well, and what's interesting, right, is that Sean Marks said that when they initially were going to bring back Kyrie Irving, we need the bodies. But now, Essentially, Joe Harris is all that is missing as he's still working his way back from that surgery. So do you foresee, Ramona, any sort of chemistry concerns here as you're trying to move in a part-time player?
4: No, I actually I think they're going to be fine because they they needed him back and they wanted him back. Mm. This was a decision that was made more by the star players on this team really than the organization. <laughs> right. I think Kevin Durant and James Harden have carried a heavy load. We've done a lot of right. segments on the show about how many minutes KD is playing, how many minutes James Harden is playing. They need him. Well, and, and- Kyrie changes
1: the way that correct. James Harden plays, and so I got to sit down with James yep. on Monday, Matt, and he told me when I asked him, "Do you have any concerns? What's it going to be like it's when enough. when Kyrie comes back?" He says. What it's going to be like is we have the three best players, three of the best players of all time on the court together.
3: And the one thing to that is if you go back to last year, they would have to get eight or nine games together last year. So I I think there's going to be chemistry just as far as they still haven't played that many games together. But I think when you're that good and that talented of players between those three, it's the other guys trying to figure out how they're going to fit in outside of the the big three they have.
1: Well, absolutely. And that's when you can fall back into, all right, Kyrie saying, I play the one, James, you play the two. We've seen – or excuse me, the inverse. He plays the two, James Harden plays the one. We've seen James Harden, he says he's finding his stride a little bit now, but have a little bit of an adjustment period, especially without Nick Claxton to have that two-man game, without Kyrie Irving to be able to play on the ball and have Kyrie off the ball. That's Been an adjustment for him, so now we get to see it all come together. But speaking of talent, let's go from the East Coast to the West Coast because hey, Russell Westbrook, you (laughs) and the Lakers, yeah, exactly. Russ, he had nine turnovers last night, including seven in the first half, and the Lakers did manage to beat the Wolves. But Russ wasn't shy about defending himself post-game. Take a listen.
2: My game is not predicated on shots or if I turn the ball over, like I miss some shots, that's part of the game. I'm allowed to miss shots. I can do that. You know, like any other player, I can do that. I can turn the ball over too. I can do that. That's all a part of the game. But when you watch a basketball game and figure out what impact, uh, making the right plays, boxing out, rebounding, whatever that may be, um, making the right play, making the right reads, that's all about being a basketball player.
1: So, Ramona, what was interesting to me is that that comment, that answer, came off of a question from our Dave McMinnon, yep. essentially just saying, hey, you hit a big shot at the end. What was that like after having a little bit of an up-and-down night before? And that's how he chose to answer. Yeah. What did you make
4: of those comments? Yeah, I, I, was, I was watching that live, and the question came in like, hey, when the game wasn't going your way. And he goes, I disagree with that. Yeah, And Dave followed up by saying, what part do you disagree with? That the game wasn't going my way. Well, I mean, he had nine turnovers, Malika. That's kind of by definition. He wasn't shooting very well. wasn't playing very well. That's impacting your team. And I think the thing with Russ that, that the Lakers have struggled with this year, which is... LeBron will publicly say, we need Russ to be Russ. We need Russ to feel like he can miss shots. So I know what that quote means. They're telling him, keep shooting. Keep being you. Keep being aggressive. anything, be more aggressive. Mm. Don't try to rein it in so that you don't make mistakes. Let it go. However, in the film sessions, when they talk to him about the way he's playing, those turnovers are highlighted. All those, all those little mistakes, all those things that he can clean up, Those are presented. Those are highlighted. He he understands. Like it's not a it's not an on or off switch. It's not a go hard, be aggressive versus be conservative. Don't have turnovers. Mm. It's you can do both. And I think that is where the disconnect is happening now with Russ. Where he's trying to be full throttle, Russ. He wants to be plays with his hair on fire. He plays hard. And in his mind, that's what he needs to do. And that's what they want him to do as well. But can you also do that and? clean up the turnovers, and make better decisions at the court. The answer should be yes. And do you need to have that public accountability, Matt, even if you are having those discussions in a film session?
3: Yeah, it doesn't matter. What what really matters is the guys in that locker room how they feel about it. But at the end of the day, you look at all the great point guards. They've always been able to change speeds. Russ's greatness has been predicated about how strong, fast, and athletic he's always been. I've, I've yet to see him really change speeds, and I'm hoping maybe playing with LeBron or getting a little bit older, he'll start to understand when and where to attack it and to slow down. But if you look at all you know the, the top turnover guys in the league every year, they're always going to be some of the best players in the game because they have the ball the most. Would you like him to turn his tur- uh, get turnover down a little bit? Absolutely. I think he's second in the league to turnovers behind James. So you would want to cut that down a little bit. Yeah. But I think you have to take the good with the bad with Russ. And normally... Coming into situations, playing with a great player like LeBron, everyone else has to adjust. But it looks like on this Laker team, these guys are figuring out how to adjust to Russ. Mm. And normally you would yeah. think you got to adjust to LeBron or AD, but they have to figure out how to play with Russ because he is going to be a vital part of this team if they hope to make a run. And I'm still sticking to it. I think we're not going to see the best Laker team until post-All-Star. But I hope they can figure out all this kind of when to go, when mm-hmm. not to go, how to play off each other um, in the meantime.
1: Well, and one thing we're seeing right now, you mentioned playing with LeBron. We're seeing LeBron playing at center. And the Lakers, they've thrived with LeBron at center this season with a 113.5 offensive efficiency. So that would rank second in the NBA. And the team is also plus 46 in the 318 minutes with James at the 5. But just plus 3 when LeBron plays at any other position. So, Matt, can you take us through what has worked so well with LeBron at the 5 specifically?
3: I've been selfishly waiting for this to happen for a long time. (laughs) You think about MJ and Kobe, um, how they slowed the game down and ran the game through the post whether they're going to score or make plays for their teammates they took control right there and every time LeBron's in the post he's going to be the strongest most athletic guy out there you're not going to be able to stop you saw a mismatch right there and then right here you're going to see a high pick and roll but this is one of the best passers top 10 in assists all time he's you know he's always able to find his teammates so what you want is you want the ball in LeBron's hands to make the right decisions you see he's doing here and in this last clip I think he's starting to really figure out he doesn't have to work harder he's starting to work smarter mm. you know going to that five spot that four spot is going to slow his 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 mileage down on the court normally he's, he's, he's been accustomed to his whole career to playing on the perimeter and that's a lot of running when you get a chance to go down on that block and slow the game down making backdoor cuts playing at that pinch post or the high post where the offense is running through you I think this is a great position for him I'm just interested to see how it's going to work when AD comes back
1: right so that's the question right can this work long term Particularly with Anthony Davis, who said he doesn't particularly enjoy
4: playing the five, but when they won a championship in the bubble, where where was he playing? <laughs> yeah, he was playing the five. Now, yeah, it can work long term. Yeah. I mean, that's that this. Is, Matt, you're right. You're not the only one who's been selfishly wanting this to happen for a while. When LeBron was in Miami, it was, when is LeBron going to play the yeah. four? Because he can bully right? anybody.
3: There's nobody that can guard him on the block. And if you're bigger than him physically, he can take you on the wing. But go
4: ahead. Yeah, I'm going to give you some very sophisticated analysis. Look how big he is. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> okay, cute. LeBron is big. It's like, he cute. can play the five. In today's NBA, right. he's actually kind of big for a small right. ball five. And, and I think this this can work long. term. It can't work against Nikola Jokic. It can't work against Joel Embiid. But, can it work against uh, a Giannis? Maybe, yes, maybe, and and I think that's what the where the Lakers are now. The Lakers have had some interesting things happen this this last couple of weeks. They found Stanley Johnson. Mm. And Stanley Johnson is playing his way it. onto this team. I yep. love it. They're going to make room for him, and he's actually squeezing Dwight Howard out of some minutes right now, because when you put LeBron at the five, and then you're working Trevor Ariza back in, right. some of those are Dwight's minutes. Now, LeBron at the five, now, this is so much space, and they tried to get away with this against Minnesota. Nas Reed made them pay for it. Yeah. But in the fourth quarter, where was LeBron on defense? On Nas Reed, and he shut him down. Right, so the one one sort of hole that I was
1: looking at Matt Rebounding. last night was exactly they got 2-1 yep. on yep. the boards yeah they right? got
3: doubled up especially on the offensive glass and it's going to take a concerted effort you know uh, mm-hmm. Russ has historically been a grid rebounder but it's going to take a gang effort rebound when you're playing this sort of small ball That's you know right. what I mean when you're playing with LeBron a 6'9 guy in the post And the one thing about the the Lakers are just an older, slower team. So I love the point you made about Stanley Johnson because he brings some athleticism and some youth and some guy that's going to take it. I think he did a great job against James Harden a few games ago when Mm -hmm. Brooklyn came into town. They don't have anyone like that. They're trying to work Trevor in, but Trevor's a little Mm -hmm. older himself. But Stanley Johnson is the one young bull on the team that can play with his hair on fire, play both ends of the floor, play hard, and just give them some juice because they desperately need that. So
1: you mentioned it, when Anthony Davis comes back, then what? I'm wondering for DeAndre Jordan, For Dwight Howard, now Anthony Davis, what is the concoction going to look like when
3: why, I, I think, obviously, A.D. is going to come, and A.D. doesn't really like playing down there, so A.D. could probably still yep. float on the perimeter a little bit while LeBron runs the offense through him, and it's going to be tough. We're going to see what kind of vets Dwight and DeAndre are because they're going to get spot minutes in certain situations. They may not play as much. They may not play five games in a row. They may play 20 minutes, so that's going to come down to their you know professionalism. They've been in the league for a long time and just understanding the situation because this team is still trying to find the rhythms and rotations that work, and they've yet to find it this year. I think well, they're sitting at 500. It's
4: all about space, okay, and when you have a non- non-shooter on the floor, which I hate to call Russ a non-shooter, but that's how the NBA looks at him, okay? You have another non-shooter as a center in Dwight and, and DeAndre Jordan. So you can't have two non-shooters on the floor. Houston got to that point a few years ago when Russ was there, and they went with the no center. They traded Clint Capella. I think we're going to get to the point with the Lakers where they'll make a decision with Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. One of them probably will not be in the team. My bet would be Dwight Howard, just because they it, like, I'm sorry, that Dwight would be on the team, that he's ahead of DeAndre right now in terms of just defensive ability, mm. rebounding, giving them what they need from that spot in those matchups against right. Jokic or Embiid. or Sure,
1: other and, centers. and and when you ask LeBron James, he's not publicly chalking up their success to him playing the five. He's saying consistency. can so, yeah. they take yeah. pieces of the consistency they have right now, add Anthony Davis back into the mix and see what they got. We got so much more coming up on NBA today. So what's the ceiling for DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls in the East? Matt Barnes, he's going to tell you that's coming up next. And a whole lot after Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. reportedly were insubordinate with coaches. Find out what the fallout is going to be there. Plus, he's nearly back. So with Klay Thompson nearing a return, we'll look back at his hottest regular season moments. You're watching NBA Today.
0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: New Year, new me. Same, you though. Know.
5: LaMelo doing his dance.
2: Happy New Year. Luka long way from the hoop. He'll have to heave it. And he hits it. Welcome back. 77 now. Shot clock to 10. Oh, the up and under by Evan Mobley. The kid is special. Baku behind the back. Behind the back again. Gordon puts it away. Wow. One-point game. Final seconds. DeRozan
5: to win it. Goal. Oh. DeRozan delivers. And that be repeated here today in Washington, D.C.? Hard quartered for the win. Got it again. Back to back winners, DeMar DeRozan. I love you. Thank God we got DeMar DeRozan on
1: our team. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews here with Ramona Shelburne and Matt Barnes. And I just want to say, Bulls fans, we heard you. <laughs> I saw you in my mentions, waiting for your love. We just, we just saw some of the best stuff from over the weekend. But that shot, DeMar DeRozan sinking back-to-back game winners for the Bulls, they're now the top Woo. in the East. So, Matt, ceiling for Chicago with DeMar DeRozan is...
3: Two things real quick. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I called this at the beginning of this oh, you season it. on all the smoke. so go back and check that out. I said they were going to be the surprise team this season, and then shout out to the Bulls management, because they've been able to acquire pieces that fit. They got Vooch at the uh, trade deadline last year. You go, and They got L- Lonzo, they got Black Mamba, or White Mamba, excuse me, and then they got obviously <laughs> DeMar, and then you hear... You know, DeMar's supposed to be this, he's supposed to be that. He's having one of his best statistical seasons as a pro. To me, the ceiling is the finals. This is a very talented team. I wow. think fifth in offensive efficiency, twelfth in defensive efficiency, and they're still getting better. I mean, that's not to disrespect Brooklyn, Miami, the Bucks, but this team, I think, is right in the mix with them, and I think they're still getting better.
4: The ceiling is the finals, Ramona. What do you think? I mean, I don't know if I would put them in the finals just because you have Brooklyn and Milwaukee, all right? Um, But, I mean, just look at those standings, like they're doing it. And, you know, the the two teams out of the gate that we were all high on, the Wizards and the Bulls, look where the Wizards are right now. Okay. We, we the Bulls can. have kept that going, and I think you just said where they were in defensive positions, that's gonna get better. Yep. They have a great defensive team and they they're just hard. they built that around Lonzo and Alice Caruso. That is that is gonna be a really good and even better defensive team than they are now, the more those guys get to play together. Lonzo just cleared health and safety protocols, he'll be back. I mean this team this is a team that record is from a team that was hit hard by COVID nice. first. Right. All the COVID outbreaks, they were hit first and, and they're still at the top of the Eastern Conference. I think what's amazing to me about the Bulls and how they've come together is how fast this has happened. Mm. They have a lot of new pieces and usually it takes some time for those pieces to gel. This happened right now. So that's my one sort of question about the finals being the ceiling. I was at that Lakers
1: game last night and I was talking to an Eastern Conference scout and I asked him, is this Bulls team for real? Is that the word around Mm -hmm. the, the, the league? And he said, yes, absolutely. The one question is, when you look at some of the great teams we've seen recently, maybe with Golden State being an exception, and actually maybe the Raptors, they came up pretty quick, but they also made a big trade, you see them go through heartbreak. I'm thinking of the Milwaukee Bucks going through the bubble, that uh, series against Toronto, before they reach the mountaintop. Do you think they have what it takes, even without that sort of tested...
3: I would say they lack experience in that situation, but they have vets. You know, DeMar's been around for a long time. Uh, Levine has been around for a long time. Booch is getting up there in years. So they have experience, but I think they lack playoff experience and obviously finals experience. But I I would just say spec the unexpected because I don't think any of us expected Phoenix to do what they did last year. You know yeah. what I mean. And this is a similar situation. So I really like this team, as Romina said. They're going to continue to get better. Uh, this is a new team, and what I like too is I can tell from the outside looking in, there's no egos. They put mm-hmm. a, a bunch of new pieces, and that's normally what takes time is the chemistry because some guys are coming with egos, but there's no egos on this team, and I love. And one
4: point about Demar ball. though, okay, that last game winner that he hit. The one we're over, Corey Kispert, he catches it with three seconds left on the clock. It, and he doesn't rush it. He doesn't up fake because he knows Kispert's going to jump and bite on it because he's young. No offense to Kispert, uh-huh. but he's young. I mean, the veteran presence of mind to do an up fake there and know that you're still going to have time to get that off. Whew. Beautiful. This is an impressive team. And they were down there. That's not a tie game where you hit the game. where that's, They're Absolutely. behind and he hits it. And that takes, mm. that takes Cajones, and mm. he has delivered
1: on it now twice. And while the Bulls, they have won seven straight, the Rockets, they have lost seven straight. So they now have, and we've. Talked about this before, they now have the worst record in the Western Conference and emotions are obviously running a little bit high in Houston, culminating Saturday night with Kevin Porter Jr. leaving the Toyota Center during a game after a heated argument with assistant coach John Lucas at halftime. So the team's leading scorer, Christian Wood, he was out of the starting lineup for the same game after breaking a team rule. So for more on all of this, I'm joined by the man who knows this team better than anyone else, NBA reporter Tim McMahon. Tim, what are the consequences here for both Porter Jr. and Wood?
2: Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood will be suspended tonight uh, for the Rockets game in Philadelphia, and this decision was left up to head coach Stephen Silas. And uh, essentially, you know, Stephen Silas is trying to establish a culture in Houston. Accountability has to be part of that culture, especially you know for a coach who is inexperienced as a head coach and naturally a very pleasant, mild mannered man. There, there are lines that cannot be crossed. These are two separate situations that happen to occur. On the same night, but in both cases, lines were crossed and Steven Silas determined that there needed to be uh, a firm consequence, and that is that they will be suspended tonight.
1: Mm. So so how do these suspensions impact the Rockets' long-term plans for each of these players?
2: Yeah, I I don't see this as something that's going to have uh, long-term ramifications for either player. Uh, You know, one source that I talked to said this is a speed bump for Kevin Porter Jr. And look, let's be honest, the Rockets were able to get Kevin Porter Jr. for essentially nothing because he has anger management issues, because he's had off-court issues. They feel like he's made a lot of progress. And again, this was categorized to me as more of a speed bump in a setback, but there needed to be consequences. With with Christian, and look with with Porter, uh, they do believe he can be part of the franchise's future. He's eligible for an extension this summer, so we'll see this summer just how firmly they do believe in that. With Christian Wood, you know he's been he's made a habit of being late. This time it pushed back a shoot around, and then he kind of made a production uh, of pouting when he wasn't. Uh, In the starting lineup, I don't know if he's part of this franchise's future after the trade deadline. Mm. I certainly think they will explore or absolutely be willing to listen to offers on him. I will say uh, this incident for a guy who's bounced around the league, it won't boost his trade value. Um, But again, I, I don't think either of these situations significantly changed the way the Rockets think or feel about either player
1: a speed bump kevin porter jr sounds like he's a part of the plans right now christian wood we will wait and see tim mcmahon thank you so much for joining us i do want to unpack the situation in houston a little bit more with ramona and matt and matt you were no stranger to suspensions during your career so does the punishment fit here for both porter jr and wood
3: yes absolutely and uh you know i'm not Again, I was someone who had a few suspensions in my day uh, for similar situations. And it's tough because you don't know the full story. You know, I've I've had coaches that I'm okay with a coach yelling at me, critiquing my game, helping me, but sometimes coaches cross the line with disrespect, and I wasn't okay with that, and that's why I ran into some trouble. With that said, there's still no, and I'm not even saying Coach Lucas did that, because I don't know what he did, but there's no excuse for leaving the arena. Mm. You can be in a heated argument, you can have words back and forth that happens a lot more than people think, but you still have to respect the game, and respect the coach, and respect the team, and and, and be out there. Um, But also on this flip side, with these younger players these days, these guys have been coddled and told they're great, and told yes since they were 7th and 8th grade. So now with someone, I know Coach Lucas, he's a straight shooter. So he might have shot him too much straightness that they weren't ready for, and they had a problem with that. But outside of that, again, this is a young team, a young situation. You know, Coach is trying to establish some kind of foundation and and, and morals and principles, and sometimes stuff like this is going to happen.
4: Well, context matters here. So the context of how the Rockets acquired Kevin Porter Jr., and also the context of who John Lucas is—not only in the league, but within that franchise—John Lucas is one of the most respected assistant coaches in the league. To the point where a couple years ago, when they had a coaching opening, James Harden and Russell Westbrook wanted John Lucas to be the head coach. Yeah, I mean, that's how respected he is. And so, if you know, if you have a class John Lucas. I think they're going to side with John Lucas, okay? And, and it's, with Kevin, he came in, obviously, with some, with some of this history here, but they also know that they want to work with him and, and work through it. Yep. But it means that you don't get another shot. Absolutely. You're on a very short leash here now. The discipline, and then now we see how they choose to respond. And that says a
1: lot to the team and to the franchise. The Rockets are going to be back in action tonight in Philadelphia, but we have a whole lot more coming up on NBA Today. So with Kyrie Irving and Klay Thompson nearing returns, who's going to have a bigger immediate impact? Both players are on teams with title hopes, remember, plus. It's the best of the best from the week when we were off. It's the top of the top and you cannot miss these highlights. And Jalen Brown, he dropped 50 last night. So what does that mean for the Celtics moving forward? NBA Today, we'll be right back.
0: must
1: be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
3: you're watching nba today live from los angeles
1: So for anyone who missed the top of the show, Kyrie is coming back. According to Woj, he will return Wednesday at Indiana and Kyrie hasn't played all season and isn't allowed to play in home games because of New York City's vaccine mandate. So the Nets can expect to have a seven time All-Star back this week for road games at the very least. And then Klay Thompson. He is nearing a return, and it's also never a bad time for Clay Thompson highlights. So let's take a look at some of the hottest regular season moments that he's had. And you know where we got to start. Yeah. We got to start when he dropped 37 points in the, th- in the third quarter in January of 2015. It was the most points scored by a player in any quarter in NBA history. By the way, he went 13 for 13 with 9-3 points. Pointers. And then in December 2016, Clay exploded for a career high 60 points. Get this, I forget this part. In just 29 minutes. So the fewest minutes played in a 60 point game in the shot clock era. And Clay had 40 by halftime and scored all 60 in three quarters. So if he kept going, who knows what would have happened. And then in October of 2018, Clay set the one three point record that Steph Curry does not own. He <laughs> made an NBA record 14 threes <laughs> in a win at Chicago, I was really mad that I was in Milwaukee for that game. I lived in Chicago at the time. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter. It was a heck of a game. Look at headband Clay. And then in January of 2019, Clay made his first 10 three pointers in a win over the Lakers that tied him for the most consecutive made threes in a game in NBA history that is according to to Elias. So we've seen all of what Clay is capable of doing at his best. So I want to start with you, Ramona. What's the latest on the return from
4: injury? What's the timeline? There? So they've decided his first game back will be a home game. So yep. the first home game coming up is this Sunday. Okay, they could play against Cleveland. But the next one is not for another week. They go back out on the road and it's against the Pistons on the 18th. Mm. So, it's, so it's either going to be this weekend or the following week. And I think some of the timeline is really, you know, he could play now. He could play tonight against Miami. But they want to make sure he gets to a certain place, and there's an improvement that can happen within a week. And while they're winning, and, and, and you're going to see the shot. Look, he can play today. He made 24 in a row during warm-ups. Is that hard, Matt?
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I'm just double checking. To make, to make 24-3 for, for Clay Thompson, who we just saw what he can do
4: in-game. Yeah.
1: Okay. Hard. All right. So what have the Warriors been doing, Ramona, to get Clay back in shape?
4: Well, one of the, the best things that happened to the Warriors was wasn't something they did actually, is the Denver Nuggets couldn't field enough players to play the other last week. And the Warriors were in Denver. They couldn't fly home in between because they had a game in Utah coming up and so it didn't make sense geographically. So they had a full scrimmage in Denver, and Clay was able to get out there with the the starters and play with that first team unit because when he comes back, Steve Curtis said he's start. going to start. He doesn't want to mess around, bring him off the bench, so that they've even mm-hmm. moved Jordan Poole to the bench so he can get used to that that role there and Clay looked good in that scrimmage and I think that was a big benchmark for him to clear when he comes back they're planning on having him go 18 minutes a game to start Mm. and from what I understand it's not that he's not in condition to play more but when you come back from an Achilles and this kind of a layoff you want to manage it because that adrenaline's going to be flowing like he's going to be out there and he's going to leave me in I want to go 18 minutes to start so so how important Matt are these reps then
3: Very important. And again, you can't duplicate anything he's done, whether it's Mm -hmm. a scrimmage game or this, you have to get those minutes. And I'm just. First of all, I just want to say how happy I am for this guy because he loves basketball so much. I think he was left off. We live in such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. He was left off that 75 list because he hasn't played in two years. But this is one of the greatest shooters we've absolutely ever seen. So he's just making the you know the best team better. Um, what scares me again, he's coming off an, yep. a, an ACL that was a while back and he's coming off an Achilles. And yep. normally coming off these injuries, although those used to be career-ending injuries, coming off these injuries, you get nagging injuries. So mm-hmm. that's what kind of worries me about Clay. I hope that he can keep, hopefully the nagging injuries will be to a minimum. So he can continue to ramp his minutes up and be ready for the playoffs. But this is this is scary for the rest of the league that Clay is coming back, <laughs> yeah. Wiseman's coming back. They found who Andrew Wiggins really is. They got Jordan Poole. This is a very scary team coming down the stretch, and uh, you know I-, I couldn't be happier for Clay just to get back out there because I know how much basketball means to him.
1: So perhaps scary hours are migrating from Brooklyn to the <laughs> Bay Area. A little, a little bit of, a little bit of yikes there. So speaking of Brooklyn, the Warriors are nearing a return with Clay Thompson, and then the Nets they have Kyrie joining on the court in just two days. So Matt. Who is going to have a bigger impact upon his return, Clay or Kyrie?
3: Immediate impact, I go with Kyrie. I think full-term impact, I would say Clay. From a standpoint, of you're going to get more of Clay. You only get Kyrie for half the season and then half the playoffs. If, if, if rules stick to what they are, you're going to get Clay as long as he stays injury-free, as much as Clay's body can handle it. So, I mean, the best, but the best way you can help your team is being on the court. And if Kyrie can't be on the court, he can't help his team.
4: The best ability is availability, Ramona. Yeah, it's also reliability, and and I think that with Clay, you know, you can say has he been reliable the last year because he's gotten hurt both times. But those are both two very freak, freak injuries. injuries right? Okay, I mean the, the the ACL in the finals, and and then of course the Achilles injury when he was playing in an open gym. During the preseason, during trying to get ready for camp, Kyrie, I, I don't know. Are we to a point where we feel like you can rely on him on your team as a performer and and his emphasis on basketball? Like, is it is, is he put? Is this a play? He's. We know he's only going to play road games. Maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, I mean, look, they need him. They need. They want they, him. They want him. him. Kevin Durant, James Harden basically said we need him back because yep. this is too many minutes for us. But. Can you rely on him? Mm. And I'm not just talking about home game versus road game. I'm talking about priorities. And and he said all the right things in his press conference. I was impressed by what he said. Um, but our evidence over the past couple of years is: can we rely on him? And right now, to me, the answer is no.
3: I think to to each his own. You know, he's had off the court issues, COVID issues. You know, all kinds of different. I just want to know where basketball is at on this Mm -hmm. list. I think this is probably the first time outside of injury the basketball's kind of been taken away from him. So I think he probably has a newfound appreciation for this game I really love and I really want to play. So I hope that basketball has moved back to the top of his priorities. Again, I respect his the vaccination, everything. Everyone has a different opinion on that. But now that he's back, where is basketball on his list? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? If it's number one or even one A, one B. We're going to get an amazing Kyrie and hopefully his teammates like Ramose that can really count on him because you know, Clay's always wanted to be out there, no matter what. He would play with a half a leg if he could. It, he I, tried I, I in the finals. Yeah, I can't.
4: I, <laughs> he did for the free yeah. throws. He did. back on to the court. I
3: can't, I can't you know, <laughs> c- confidently say that about Kyrie because he's had other priorities. So if basketball is the number one priority for uh, for Kyrie, it's going to be a problem.
1: Well, and if basketball, the, his teammates are saying, well, he looks like Kyrie Irving when he, they're asked, what does he look like in yeah. the gym? Right. But if basketball's his number one priority Ooh. and the rules don't Ooh. change, then maybe that changes how he feels about yeah. vaccination, yeah. this, that, and the right. other. But... When it comes to the Warriors, when it comes to Clay, we did have Stefania Bell, our injury analyst and expert on the show, saying, don't worry, I sat down with Clay Thompson's doctor and she said that he is saying, this isn't a compounded injury situation. He had enough time to come back from the first. We're really just dealing with the second. But how he can continue on, that's going to be something that's interesting to watch. Where are the scary hours going to lie? I know where they're going to lie. They're going to lie in our next segment because it is the top of the top. Over the last week, Evan Mobley chanted jay with this reverse lay-in see what else made the cut that's next on nba today oh yeah sticks
5: yeah. Began, yeah. Funny you was-
3: live from los angeles welcome back to nba today
1: Welcome back to NBA Today. It's a new year, but same us, so don't worry. we still got some top of the top to show you. Some and good ones. Exactly. The Very last time ones. that we saw you guys was Christmas Eve, so this is the Kelly Clarkson. Since you've been... Sorry, I, I won't do it. I won't do it. We're going to start with top posters. Opposite. So we're going to start in Cleveland. Jarrett Allen, the fro, uh,
2: yes. conditioned the down. defenders.
1: On
3: Capella. Sometimes when you're shot blocker, you're going to take these in your mouth a couple times. Jarrett Allen's had a few on him, but it's good for him to be able to pay somebody back.
1: we got to see another angle of that. My my goodness! And then in Phoenix,
3: I think I don't know what was better—the dump or the reaction from the bench. You see, campaign passed out on the floor.
1: <laughs> I love watching those. Wait, overtime! Oh my goodness!
3: Good Lord! I'm sorry,
1: going. Mason Plumley. I'm sorry. I'm not. <laughs> I'm nicer than Matt. Like that. All right, this is my favorite basketball term, Matt. Top jelly. So let's yeah. head over to DC, where Evan Mobley put the reverse jelly.
3: Earth. This play was so good that Kuzma gave him a high five. And I said I'm not – we talked about this in the break. I've never given one a high five, but I've been in awesome of some moves. This has definitely been a, a move I would have been in awe of. I probably would have hard fouled him next time, but this is a hell of a move right here.
1: So would you give him, would you give him a high five and then you would have hard fouled him?
3: No, next time down. All I'm right, let all right. Him but, but you would have given him a yeah. little bit of a high five yeah. first. All right,
1: top dimes. We're going to start in Houston where Facundo Campazzo, he crosses <laughs> over. Then he goes uh. behind his back to find Aaron Gordon.
3: Too much swag. I like this little guy, man. Heart of a lion out there playing hard on both ends but a hell of a ball handler, great passer, and uh, Aaron Gordon knew what to do with it.
1: That is some sauce. Ooh, a little crafty finish there, too. And then we have the Detroit Pistons against the San Antonio Spurs.
3: Tough shot. Oof. Ooh. Tough shot.
1: That a little, look at this thing. Was that a little nutmeg? i got to see that again.
3: Oh. Anytime you get a reason to smile in Detroit, you got to take it. So they're going to take this.
1: Did you ever get nutmegs?
3: Uh, not that I recall.
1: Okay. Well, when you know our producers will find that yeah. video. We're going to we're recall. gonna fact check that one. All right. Let's spend a little bit of time with some top buzzer beaters. It, it, you know, we have, we're going to start in Sacramento with three seconds remaining. in Fox, De Demezi Metu. De Metu. De Metu. Hey.
3: hey, you know, I'm up there working in Sac now. We need all these wins. So big shot. Uh, hopefully this team can turn the corner in 2022. That
1: was Metu with his first ever NBA game winning shot. And his teammates, look at him. Loving it. He said, "And look at his face." He said, "Yeah, that's right." I've been yeah, here I knew it. This is all business. Well, you know who's literally been here before, right. again and again and again. We got to show it again because it was Demar Derozan. He has been Big so rock. special this year. Happy Matt.
3: Form. You know, everyone said he was washed. He's came out here and said, had a great year, and we're about to see Groundhog's Day because not just once, but
1: he's got to do, do it. Where he's he's got to do, do it again. He's got to do it again. He's got to do it again. Like it's twice.
3: And, and Ramona pointed out that the, the fact that he knew he had the patience, he had three seconds, got someone up in the air, and still had Bradley Beal flying at him, and a knock down a three-point shot when he's not a three-point shooter, back-to-back game to win games, Happy for
1: the guy to come. Well, and the discussion in the offseason, remember, was was this the worst fit of any acquisition? And right. then he goes and does this. By the way, he's the Eastern Conference Player of the Week this week. John ja Morant is the Western Conference Player of the Week. But coming up, we're going back to the East because Jalen Brown, he joined a very prestigious list of Celtics to drop 50 mm. in a game. So Mark Spears joins us to break down Jalen's success. That's next on NBA Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking for the top, it's so clear, yeah. like I need it right here, yeah. yeah.
0: You're watching
3: NBA Today,
0: live from Los Angeles.
1: All right, it's time to go coast to coast, and we're going to start with Becky Hammond signing a five-year deal with the WNBA's Las Vegas Aces, and that will make her the league's highest-paid coach. Hammond was a six-time WNBA All-Star who has also been a Spurs
4: assistant since 2014. So, Ramona, how big is this move? Well, look, I had a chance to talk to DeJounte Murray, who is the star point guard for the Spurs, and he's in health and safety protocols, Malika, and he says, I want to call you and talk about Becky Hammond and what a great relationship I have with her. I think she's a future head coach in the NBA. This is her chance her. Has to get some head coaching experience. It's obviously been on interviews, but it helps when you get that head coaching experience, and this is obviously a great fit for her in Las Vegas. Absolutely, and then we're going to head to Van Bleet. Fred Van Fred Van dropped a season-high 35 points to go with 5
1: rebounds and 5 assists. The Raptors beat the Knicks. This was Van Bleet's first career 35-5-5. Say that 10 times fast. Matt, is he an all-star this season?
3: I love him. A lot of game. Doing well in his role over there, but the East is loaded with guards. Young guards, older guards, so unfortunately i don't think he'll make the cut this year
1: i think you might be right about that but he's certainly putting his name in the conversation and then at 19 years and 84 days old josh giddy became the youngest player in the nba in NBA history with a triple-double, so Giddy is also the youngest player to lead both teams outright in points, rebounds, and assists. Matt, what do you think of his game?
3: I really like him. He could do a little bit of everything, and I think this is what the game is going towards now. Kids coming into the league have to be able to shoot, pass, and dribble. You're seeing this kid, you know, the youngest triple-double in the history of the game, and bright future for him.
1: I like to they call team. him Number the Wizard three. of Oz, A-U-S. I think that's funny. All right, and then Jalen Brown scored a career-high 50 points 50 to go ball. with 11 rebounds, becoming the fourth- player in Celtics history with a 50 and 10 game. So you've heard the others, maybe Bird, McHale and Tatum. So here's Brown after the game.
5: I didn't feel like those guys could stay in front of me. So I was just going to keep getting to the basket, keep you know blowing by them off the first step. And I looked up and I had 47. And I was like, damn. And then um, I hit the three that off the smart pass that made it 50. Um, but I wasn't even really paying attention until it got to like,
0: Again, try
2: Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE.
1: That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza. Better because it has to be. And now joining me is our senior writer for the undefeated, Mark Spears. So, Mark, I know you sat down with Jalen Brown before the season. What's the significance of this scoring outburst from him last night?
5: Well, I I saw him at Cal's High Pavilion before the season, and he, he was lamenting about his wrist injury, keeping him out of the postseason. He also has had some lingering knee injuries. And you know, with the season being shortened or the offseason season being shortened before last season, he just felt like he wasn't coming into camp in great shape uh, a year ago. But now going into this season, he felt much better. He said his wrist was good, his knee was good, and he wanted to raise his number of dunks. He lamented also about the fact that he didn't have a lot of dunks last season. He said he needed to get his athleticism back get to the basket more and i think you saw that last night by the fact that he had 11 layups and dunks which is the most that someone from the celtics has had in like seven years which is uh pretty amazing helps you get to 50 a lot better uh but he's healthy now his statistics are a lot better but i think by the way he played last night you could say he's healthy and that uh, special athleticism that Jalen Brown has is back again.
1: Mm. So let's go from the Celtics to the Warriors because you reported the news of Draymond Green clearing the health and safety protocol. So how much is he expected to play as he returns tonight against the Heat?
5: Oh, you know, he's going to try to be out there as much as possible. He's been missing it. He, he You know, Draymond, he doesn't mince any words. He simply said it sucked uh, being in protocol. I think the Warriors gave him some. A means to condition while he's uh, been there. He said he's you know feeling good about his conditioning while working out at home, moving well. He's worried about catching up with the speed of the game. I think he'll be fine there, but he's expected to start. Uh, he said his biggest problem was actually his attention span, which you know he, he seems to spend attention to detail, but he was watching episodes of The Wire. And he was taking three to four hours to watch these old episodes. So I think the biggest issue he had was attention span. But once he gets in the chase tonight against Jimmy Butler, Kyle, and the Heat, uh, I think his attention will be quite good.
1: Especially if we see Draymond Jr. again on the sidelines. Mark Spears, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And for more on the Warriors, we talked about Clay and his return earlier in the show. And I think Woj, must have been listening because he reported moments ago that there is optimism that Golden State Warriors guard Clay Thompson will make his return against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday, sources tell ESPN. And a final decision is expected once the Warriors return from a 2 game trip on Friday which is in line with what Ramona reported earlier in our show. So that is going to be a fun one. You can see Draymond Steph and the Warriors in the first game of our Wednesday double-header when they take on the Mavs at 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific. And then it's the Jazz and the Nuggets. Coming up, ESPN Power Rankings, they dropped today, and the Bulls, they are third, and the Nets are sixth. So any objections to those rankings? We're going to discuss it next on NBA Today.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
0: Rise and shine with SportsCenter Live at 7 a.m. Eastern. Everything you need to know from breakout performances to breaking news and analysis. You'll get it on the 7 a.m. SportsCenter Live seven days a week. The only way to start your sports day.
1: Friday Night Hoops. KD and the Nets host Giannis at the Bucks at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, followed by Trey Young and the Hawks taking on LeBron James and the Lakers. Both games are on ESPN and the app. And... ESPN.com power rankings drop today and the Warriors and Suns they remain at the top But then the Bulls they slid into that number three spot and the Jazz and the Bucks They round out the top five after a bad loss to the Clippers or maybe it's a really good Clippers win I'm gonna say that after a really good there. Clippers win the Nets <laughs> fell to number six. So Ramona Back to the Bulls. Are they too high too low? Just right Goldilocks?
4: Look, they're just right if you're going to talk about their actual record and how they've been playing, but they don't let me do the rankings anymore because I would just put the top teams regardless of how they did last week in there. I I don't think the Bulls are the third best team in the league right now, but they're playing really well and they deserve that respect. They're
3: playing good. They don't want they, right now. The Bulls don't want to make too much smoke. You know they're at the top of the That's East. Right. They don't need to be the top but of the power rankings. The nah, they don't want it yet. Okay. They're, they're still getting their feet on them, But they're in a good spot. And then for and for Brooklyn, they've lost two games in a row. This is a week by week ranking. I think they can care less. The more important is they know they have Kyrie back for road games now, and they probably will be in the top or upper echelon for the rest of the season. Though.
1: Yeah, and you know that was a loss where we saw we heard Kevin Durant say, "Yeah, this we needed. We had a messed up attitude coming in from the start." Yep. And then these power rankings, they came out before the news of Kyrie's return. Surface, so, Matt, is this the last time you expect to see them drop out of the top five?
3: Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it could be up and down. They could be strong the rest of the season. But this is going to be a team that will be there at the end of the season fighting for something, whether that's in the Eastern Conference Fund or the actual finals. So, I'm not worried about this team.
1: Plus, we get to see them play the Bucs on Friday, and we know what happened at the end of mm, last yeah. season. It's mm. the first time the Bucs have then come back to Barclays Center. That is going to be a fun game, Ramona. No funny,
3: though. Know.
4: No Kyrie though. The Nets though, are you surprised they're outside of the top five? Oh, a little surprised Like that? Uh, I told you they don't let me do the rankings anymore because I would probably not do that. You're not salty uh, about no, that. Right? No, no, I'm just twice. fine with that. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, they should be a top five team. I mean, they, of course they are. Easily. Of course they are. They're just not playing like it right now. Yeah. And guess what? Sometimes when the star comes back, it takes a little adjustment. Sometimes it takes a little bit for the stars to align. All right. Thanks oh, so
1: much, Ramona. Matt, <laughs> we're back on ESPN. Hailed tomorrow. Hailed tomorrow. Hailed College Hailed football it. It. Hey, live is next, but I'm bub. <laughs> <laughs>